In today's episode, we have a very special guest. Who? Caroline Boudreaux from Miracle Foundation. So when we record these, do people know that we've already done the interview and now we're recording the intro? Because if that's the case, we've already talked to her and she's fucking awesome. <laughs> Are you giving away all our secrets, Shelly? <laughs> Is this like the weird time, space, continuum, <laughs> time is a construct? I- I think you're giving away all our production secrets. We have no more secrets. Well, we don't always do it that way, but this time we did, and this is awesome. Okay, so Miracle Foundation helps kids all over the world. Uh, Super great organization, and we're going to get into it with Caroline in just a second, so please stay tuned. Please do. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Everybody, welcome to Latter Day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Shelly. I dragged that out, didn't I? I'm Shelly. Yeah. I'm Shelly. Better? I mean, do you want to say it like 10 more times? You can. Mm, I'm, I think I'm good. You good? I'm good and now. We're covered. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows who you are. That's important. So <laughs> today we have a special guest. I'm excited. I know. This is cool. So, Caroline Boudreaux joins us from Miracle Foundation. And I'm going to just go ahead and say the website because I've been spending a lot of time on the website. We'll say it again at the end. It's miraclefoundation.org. And if you go to their website, you will find out that Miracle Foundation is empowering orphans and vulnerable children to reach their full potential. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome, Caroline. Caroline. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. Caroline, why don't you tell us in your own words, what is Miracle Foundation? Yeah, the the Miracle Foundation is an organization I started 21 years ago. My best friend and I worked uh, in the corporate world and we hated it. We were working for the man and just, it was just torture. We just hated every second of it. We thought maybe we could do something bigger, better with our lives, but we definitely wanted to travel. So we had a couple margaritas and we went back to her house and we spread this world map on the floor and started picking the countries we wanted to see. We thought, let's just travel around the world for a year and chase summer. Wow. Yeah, isn't that fun? That does sound fun. So uh, she wanted to go to India because she'd been sponsoring a little boy there and she wanted to go meet him. And I said, Chris, oh my God, you're a total sucker. They saw you coming a mile away. (laughs) There's no way that kid's Mm -hmm. real. That's funny. But she loved him and she wanted to go to India. So we started our trip in January of 2000 and started at the southern tip of Africa and worked our way up through Egypt. And we get to India in May and we went to this very remote village 
and met the little boy she'd been sponsoring in good faith for four and a half years. He was real. Wow. It was crazy. I couldn't even believe it. He was getting free primary education, clean water and electric power, just like the organization had promised. And we were so really honored to be with his family and him and in this village. And we started going there every day just to be with the children and um, spend time with them. And we thought the whole time I'm there, I'm thinking, wow, these are the poorest people on earth. This is the bottom of the pyramid. This is what I've been reading about. This is incredible to be with these people. Uh, Unfortunately, I was wrong because um, it was Mother's Day of 2000, the day that changed everything for me. I got up early in the morning and called my mom for Mother's Day, went to the village. It was 119 degrees that day. (laughs) I went to the village and worked all day in the heat and then got invited to a local's house for dinner And we um, went to his house and we walked into an orphanage and just the bottom fell out. I mean, I'm I'm looking at these 110 filthy, bald, hungry children. I was totally unprepared for that. And so we had dinner with them. We had chicken. They served the children rice with no beans or sugar or anything. That's why they were bald. We had a beautiful Hindu prayer service with them. And then after dinner, we were holding them and playing with them. And we were calling them Velcro babies because they just like attached to us, these total strangers. And and these kids are just attaching to us. And this little baby girl came and put her head on my knee and I picked her up and I started singing her the lullaby that my mom used to sing to me. Um, I just fell in love with this little baby girl. And um, I went to put her in her bed and uh, I walk into her room with the, and I found these wooden beds, like these picnic tables. And the minute I heard her bones hit that wooden bed on Mother's Day. I just thought, unacceptable. Yeah, wow. Unacceptable. What are we allowing here? And who's going to take care of these kids? I started the Miracle Foundation that day because I knew the human potential was there. They are miracles, and they deserve a foundation. And so um, we started the Miracle Foundation on Mother's Day of 2000. We um, have been very successful in actually getting children home. We're trying to empty orphanages. The goal is to have an orphan-free world by 2040. I love it. So tell us about that. So they end up in the orphanage, probably because of poverty and dire situations in their home life, right? Right, right. And what a sentence for being poor. I mean, what a price to pay, not just for the child, but there are women that are leaving their children they're tortured. Not through any choice of their own. They just don't have any other options, right? Right. So 40% of children globally end up in orphanages because of death or desertion by a father. Then another big, big chunk of them, their mothers are dying during childbirth. One out of every five childbirths end in the death of the mother. So she might have three kids already. And so then all of them end up in an orphanage. So Wait, one out of five? In the developing world, one out of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. My God. So when you are able to reunite these orphans, children who have spent time in an orphanage, how does that all work when you're able to take them back to their families? Well, so first of all, we're looking at five well-being domains, but let me just back up one second and say, what, the first thing we need to do is you need to talk to the child. You ask the child, who do you know? I mean, is there somebody that you would like to live with? And nine times out of 10, so not 10 out of 10, but nine times out of 10, the children know who they want to live with and who they would be safe with. And so even if you if you happen to know a, 
um, five, six, seven, eight-year-old kid, ask them who they would be safe with if their mothers weren't or fathers weren't around, and they will tell you. So the children are the lead dog in this communication. So the children will tell us who they can live with, and then they'll also tell us who they will call if there's a problem. So it's, we're not going to hook them up with some strange case manager that they never met before and have a different one every six months. We're going to say, you tell us who you want to call if there's a problem. They typically say a teacher or an old neighbor they knew, a, a third cousin, you know, whoever they say. And, and we pick up the phone and call that person and let them know, like, if there's a problem, um, Serena's going to be calling you if, if there's any problem with her placement. I mean, they're always honored and they always end up not sitting around waiting for the phone to ring, but actively getting involved um, with that family. And so our social workers look at, at five well-being domains when placing a child from an orphanage into a family. First thing they're going to look at is the family relations. Who's who's going to be in that family? Is there some weird stepfather somewhere waiting for a kid to, you know, like who, yeah, who's going right. to be around this kid, right? Right, sure. right. That's the first thing we look at. And then the second thing we look at is education. Is there a school? Are, is there access to the school? Can they, can they go to the school? Number three is health and mental health. They have some trauma. The minute a kid enters the system, damage is done. So they definitely have trauma. So we have counseling for every child that we support. And then, of course, health care if there's any kind of issue. The next one is, is household economy. Where's this family going to get money? Well, if you're a widow, you can get money from the government. If you're an untouchable, you can get money from the government. So there's these plans that the government have for people that we can connect them with. So, And then the last thing is the living conditions. You know, Where's the well? Do they have a roof? Is there furniture? Will they be able to have clothing? So um, a lot of times we have to provide a roof or clothing or furniture. Sometimes we build a room onto their house, but we look for those five well-being domains and we continue to measure those five well-being domains for two years after the child is placed. And we've placed thousands and thousands and thousands of children um, from orphanages and into families. And it's a very successful methodology. Wow. Yeah, according to the statistics on your website, 15,000 children's lives have been improved. And that's probably on the rise, that amount. No doubt about it. Um, 64% of children in orphanages went home during COVID. Mm. So I'm talking about 64% of kids, specifically in India, went home during COVID. So our job is to keep them home, to keep them in the families. That's where they want to be. Yeah. Mm. We just can do so much better than what we're doing now. Yeah. The other thing we need to talk about is foster care. Okay, let's talk about it. Foster care in the United States, because we've got 435,000 children in the United States right now separated from their families in a system that's not working for them. And so Miracle Foundation also works in the foster care system, trying to make sure that kids stay permanently and safely in a home, maybe not their home, but in the foster home. So our work is just incredible, and it's with children that are separated from their families. So did you start out, did Miracle Foundation start out focusing on India and then at some point branched out? Is that what happened? Exactly. We started out working with children that were living in orphanages. And we, um, once we were trying to empty the orphanages, which is the goal, right? We're trying to get children out of institutions. Institutions are no place for kids, even a great institution. They don't want to be there. Right. And so uh, we started getting children out of institutions and into families. And we started realizing what great success we had with what we're calling kinship care. So the children in India, they go with their kin. They go with a, someone that's related to them. And it's truly working where in foster care, our system puts children with strangers. And the average child in the foster care system has seven foster families. 
they bounce from family to family to family. Some kids have 23 families. I mean, that's like, this is just not, this is more torture probably than staying with their mom. Right, no stability. So what are we doing here? So we're taking these best practices that we've learned and we're moving them over to the United States. That's great, because we certainly could use the help here. Yeah, we got to step it up. That's ridiculous. That's (laughs) 20 families? Wow. We have got to step it up. We can do so much better than this. Oh, for sure. We talk about other people's children. You know, when we start realizing that there are no other people's children, that all children are our children, when we take that stand that they belong to all of us, we're going to do better because right now we're saying, oh, those are your children. Those are other people's children. And they're not getting the love that we all know they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. So there's three things that we're doing. Number one, we're transitioning children from institutions into families. We developed a methodology for that. We're training social workers all over the world on how to do that, how to get children out of orphanages and safely and permanently in their families. The second thing we do is we work on prevention. Like I said, Mary, the second a child enters the system, the damage is done. So what are we doing to prevent children from entering the system? Are we sure that it's it's abuse or is it just that the mother's poor? You know, just because a kid's sleeping on the mattress on the floor doesn't mean they're abused. It might just mean that there's some resource issues and maybe we can help the mom and keep them out of the system in the first place. It's powerful work, really important. And then the third thing we're doing is we're working with the U.S. foster care system. We partnered with the state of Texas and we created an app because we learned several things. We looked we looked at why are these children bouncing? What What's causing these children to bounce? And we, we learned several really important things. The first one was that 60% of foster families quit within the first year. Really? Yeah. So it takes a thousand, you recruit a thousand families 100 will go through the process and 10 will get a child and six out of those 10 will quit. So we're in this constant churn. And so then we looked at, okay, so 60% quit, but why did the 40% stay? What was it about? What did those 40% have that the others didn't? And one of the things they had is they had one case manager. Their case manager stuck. And so we looked at, we started looking at case managers. Well, case managers have 60 or 100 cases. I mean, they aren't able to prioritize, they're overworked, they're underpaid. So we created an app that is making it very easy for the foster families and the case managers to communicate. And it's reducing the amount of paperwork they do. And we're looking for three benchmarks. Number one, can we keep families from quitting? Number two, can we keep our case managers in place? And number three, can we reduce that bounce from seven down to hopefully one? So it sounds like you all provide a lot of support to not just the children, but to the foster families that I'm sure need a lot of support. I would think that if they don't have kind of their one person they can go to with questions or issues or whatever, they probably tend to disconnect. That's my opinion on that. What do you think? That's exactly what they do. They learn to believe that the world is not a safe place. 90% of children in foster families end up in, in jail at some point in their life. Oh, my God. How can they not? Yeah. We're we're teaching them not to trust the world. We're teaching them that the world isn't a safe place. And so if we all stepped up for children, it would be such a bold move. It would make it would just make the future like we want it to see if we just took a stand for children. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of the the resources um, in this country, I don't know about other countries, but in this country are spent on the prison system. You know, we'll, we'll do something with them once they get here. 
But if you can get into these children's lives, we're not going to need this huge prison system where you're, you're, it's kind of a death sentence. You're in there and you're in there for good most of the time. So get them while they're young, right? Help them. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's so interesting because we so often just want to help the kid. We, you know, we just like just, you know, I like I like supporting kids in an orphanage because of innocence lives in one place. And the minute you get them with their, you know, dirty families, we, you know, but but really it's family support. It's families that need support. And when you support a family, specifically a woman, you can support all of her children. So instead of just going directly to the children, we're taking that one step upstream and working with families. We just interviewed someone recently and they talked about, so attachment styles, right? And when when a, a child uh, is taken away from a family, that creates an insecure attachment style, which can lead to all sorts of um trauma and behaviors and things. So yeah, I'm just envisioning this world where everyone has a family. They're attached to people in a safe way. Uh, you know, get rid of or lessen that trauma that causes so many non-desirable behaviors, right? Exactly. And you know what, Shelly, they don't even need a family. They need one person. Yes. That's what our research shows. If they just need one person that they can trust yeah. and they, they can attach. And you know what? Once you can attach to one person, yes. then you know how to attach to other people. That's how you can fall in love with your husband. You know, so, so all you have to do is, you know, my, um, our social worker says, you just got to know what love smells like. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So once they know what love smells like, it never goes away. Yeah. Yeah. So Caroline, you made me think of something. I've looked into a group called the Trevor Project, and they do actual research to help the LGBTQ plus community to help them. And one of the studies they did, the results were that one parent, just one parent or even just one person uh, that supports an LGBTQ plus youth if they just have one, it takes their chance of trying to die by suicide in half. One person, just like you said, one person. I mean, we all have this opportunity to make a difference. And that's really what I'm here to talk about today is how we can really make a difference. Because if all it takes is one of us, then why are we, why, are, why do we have these 437,000 children in the system? Yeah. Yeah. And what can we do about it? Yeah, well, that maybe is a good segue, Shelley, into talking about how we even got connected with Caroline. So someone on your team reached out to us about doing this interview, and uh, we were talking offline a little bit about that. Do you want to set that up again for how we got involved? So Miracle Foundation has about about 4,500 donors, and we did a donor survey, and we started just asking people, why is it that you are supporting our organization, and who are you, and where do you live, and how old are you? And we just asked them all these questions, and what we found out is that many, many, many of our supporters are in the LBGTQ community. I mean, it's like, wow, what? that's odd. What, what's up with that? You know, we're talking about orphans and foster kids. I mean, what's what's the connection here? And so we started talking to a lot of our donors. And what we found is, you know, we're not looking for people who are billionaires to support our work. We're looking for people who have fought for their own identity or someone else's. And that is the beautiful connection. That's the beautiful thread is that many of them have lost their families. They've been kicked out of their families, you know, for being who they are or They've had to fight for their identity and they've developed this empathy muscle. And so they really, truly care for kids that are separated. And so that's why we reached out to you, because first of all, to thank the LBGT community, you know, you could be looking at yourself, but there's so many of you that are looking for other people. They're reaching out 
to someone else and thinking about the big capital O, which is others. And it's a really beautiful community and we're grateful to them. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're glad you did. Isn't that amazing? It is. That empathy muscle, it's so critical. And it's left up to people that have suffered. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's actually the definition of passion, the, the willingness to suffer for somebody else. Oh, wow. I, I like think, that. yeah, I think that really until you've experienced that kind of sorrow or shame or abandonment, when you feel that, that's when you see someone else and you know they're feeling it too. And you're like, baby, I get you. Yeah. I get you. How can I help? We're not going to let that happen to you. We're not going to let what happened to me happen to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we reached out to you guys. So thank you. Well, yeah, so glad you did. You know, you're making a difference and, and you've taken the, the the pain and you've turned it into gain for somebody else. So it's really beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we love being part of this community. And I'm so glad that we were able to connect because this is amazing. So glad to get the word out about your organization. So Shelly, why don't we take a little break? Want to? Um, no? Yes. All right. We'll be right back. We are back. Hello. I would love to back up just a minute. Sure. And go back to that Mother's Day. When then was that? 2000, 2000 or 2001? In 2000. Yeah, that was 2000. 2000. How did you get started? You said, yeah, we, I started it that day. What do you do? Like, how do you start a foundation? How do you go from margaritas to travel? <laughs> All right. To Mother's Day. There were a lot of margaritas, yes. a lot of margaritas in between shows. I can, I can say that most great ideas start with margaritas. I'm just throwing it that out there. It depends on the tequila, for sure. <laughs> Top shelf. Yeah, it has to be really good tequila. Yeah, it has to be. Bottom, bottom shelf margaritas have bad ideas associated, right? <laughs> yeah. Pain and probably some shame. Nothing good happens after you know, bad tequila. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you get started? Well, I mean, I made a commitment to do something every single day. So I didn't have any earthly idea how to get started. I, you know, obviously you've got to file for the paperwork and, you know, you get the, you get the 501c3. And so the other thing that I've been willing to do is I've been willing to pivot. So we started off as an international adoption agency that wasn't going to work. We weren't going to be able to help enough kids. Then I took what I learned when I was at the TV station And I thought, you know, here are all these orphanages. Why are they running separately? Why can't they be like a franchise? Why can't they be like, you know, Starbucks? I mean, every Starbucks runs the same. Why should every orphanage not run the same? So we developed this operating model and we started going into existing orphanages and teaching them what to do about healthcare and food and education. And I mean, all these house mothers and life skills. And we kind of developed this thing and we started going into existing orphanages. And then We had uh, 300 orphanages in our franchise running our model and children were doing great. And then we started talking to the children and I went on a listening tour and that's when they said, hey, great orphanage, but I want to go home. You know, I have a grandma or I have an aunt or I have a sister. And it, it was just an aha moment. So being willing to pivot. Yes. And to listen. I love that clearly you didn't think that you knew it all. Right. And when I, I feel like when people go after something thinking they know everything, there's just so much missed opportunity. You have to, like you said, be willing to pivot and to listen to the people, the children. They know what they need. They know what they want. They know what their hearts are yearning for. Nobody knows the solution better than the person in the problem. Mm-hmm. And no one's more interested in solving it than the person with the problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No one's more interested in solving it than than the children. Mm-hmm. And so listening to the mouths of babes. So being willing to pivot. And you know what? Pivoting costs you. I mean, we lost donors. We lost board members. We, lo- we lost 
we lost. Wow. But um, the children, the children um, demanded it, and we listened. Good. Yeah, the yeah. children gained. Sorry, board members, but the children gained from yeah. that. Sorry. And you probably got you got new board members. We got new board members, and the other thing that's interesting is there's this paradigm shift that's happening, y'all. It's really truly happening. You see it with the George Floyd thing. I mean, how long are we going to have to talk about civil rights? I mean, how long? Mm-hmm. Right. And then George Floyd happens yeah. and it broke the wall. Yeah. It broke the paradigm. Same with the Me Too movement. How long are women going to have to stand for this nonsense? Yeah. And the Me Too movement broke the wall. And so there's a break in our paradigm as well, where Five years ago, we might have been on this podcast and I would have told you children didn't belong in orphanages and you might have argued with me. I mean, it was a, I mean, people thought orphanages were the thing five years ago. And now I say that children belong in families and everybody's like, yeah, of course they do. (laughs) Right. So there's a real paradigm shift that's happening and it's beautiful and we need to look for it because it can, it can be real easy to just get sucked down into the bad news that our papers are paid to tell us and our news is paid to tell us. I mean, our, our news is paid to tell us when planes crash, not when planes take off. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, we do need to be looking for the good news. Yeah. Oh, for sure. My dad is one of those who loves to be the bearer of bad news. He loves to hear every horrible news story. And so when I <laughs> talk to him, he's like, oh, this world, it's just so wicked. And I can't believe it's just going downhill. And this is so evil. And I'm like, Dad, look out your window. There's birds singing. There's people walking hand in hand. Like, when you— Change your perspective. When you change your perspective and you look at how can I help people, how can I make this world better? By the way, the world is not this horrible, evil, wicked place. We know amazing people. super conservative uh, religious folks have been saying the world's been bad for a really long time. This is not news. Right, (laughs) right. Right. And so to feel like this is just how it is, it's just getting worse and worse, you know, just do something Mm -hmm. like you've done. Like, do something with passion and happiness about it and the will to help, not just say, oh, these kids are in orphanages and it sucks. Yeah, don't just bitch about something. Yeah, don't bitch about it. Do something. Do something. Exactly. It's so much more fun to do something, too. Right? Right? (laughs) You know, I I tell people, when when I was in television, I had everything money could buy, but I didn't have peace. I didn't have contentment. I didn't have fulfillment. So now I have everything money can't buy. I love it. And believe me, it's it's so much more fun on this side of the fence. Yeah, I don't see you going back to TV anytime soon. Oh, I don't think so. Unless you're out there getting more support for your foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't missed that job in many, many years. Oh, I bet. And just to, just to say one thing, um, because it, it happened yesterday, but, you know, Shibani Das, that little girl that I put on that wooden bed, her birthday was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Today, she is 22 years old. She is in nursing school. Oh my she God. is adorable. Wow. She thinks she's famous in the United States. So we are still, you know, working <laughs> with, with Shibani Das. She is our beginning. And she feels like her life has really made a difference. Wow. That is beautiful. Yeah. I think of my kids. I have seven kids. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. I was, I was raised Mormon. I'm not anymore. I was raised Catholic. There you go. Yeah, we came from seven kids, too. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so you're it. one of seven? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping mine aren't all screwed up. But what I was going to say was, I can't even imagine the pain of a, of a mother having to give their child. I think as Americans being separated from that, you want to demonize who did this. Oh, that horrible mother just dropped off the kid. You know, they're better than orphanage. It's not that way. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's poverty. It's illness. 
moms don't want to just dump their kids at an orphanage. Exactly. That's why it's so important to reach across the table and work with different organizations and different groups. So, you know, like I talked, we talked about one out of every five childbirths ends in the death of the mother. And then, and then these children get into the orphanage system or they get into the system. Well, this is not a child welfare problem. It's not a child protection issue. It's a healthcare issue. And then all these children that don't have access to education. And so they end up in the orphanage. Well, that's not a child protection issue either. That's an education issue. So it's time for us to break the silos and start working with other people. And just to give a shout out to the dads too, we have seen dads that are tortured by their children being in institutions. And when they get those children back, that you think they won the lottery. They are the happiest dads in the world. They love their children. Yeah. They love their children just like we love our children. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. So walk me through, if you don't mind, like a a situation, how the child ends up in the orphanage, how they get back to the father or back to, you know, I just, I want to understand this a little better. Yeah, sure. So let's just take uh, the case of Priya. So Priya had two sisters and she had two parents and um, her father died in an accident. Her mother was a little mentally unstable. And so the mother went to the local panchayat, the local government official and said, you know, I'm I'm not going to be able to take care of these girls. So all three girls went to an orphanage. Um, They were there. You know, the average child is in an orphanage for 10 years. Wow. Wow. 10 years. That's the average length of stay in an orphanage. And so these children were in this orphanage. And we, uh, when we were working with the orphanages and we said, if you have someone that you think you can live with, invite them to a lunch and learn, a a breakfast and lunch on Saturday. We'll pay for them to get there. And those girls invited their grandmother. Their grandmother had never been asked one time, would you take them? Never. Wow. Yeah. And so we looked at the five well-being domains with the grandmother. Who is she going to live with? It's just the grandmother. She lived by herself. What are the living conditions? Well, she needed a roof. She didn't have the furniture. She wasn't going to have the clothes. So we were going to provide that for her. What about her expenses? Well, she had a pension. She worked for the state. She actually didn't really need money. As long as we paid for education, she was going to be able to be fine. And then um, the mental health, we did provide her with uh, Wi-Fi and a computer. And the girls go to their psychologist on Zoom. And so they meet with their psychologist on Zoom. And, And then, of course, there's education. So those girls have been placed back with their grandmother for, I guess, over a year now. And um, in exchange for that Wi-Fi, they fill out those five well-being domains and we keep track of them and we talk to them every single month because nobody wants that Wi-Fi turned off. No, <laughs> I lose it when I'm down. Oh, yeah. And, and then not only is it great for those girls, but it's great for the grandmother. You know, she's an elderly woman. She loves having help. She loves having someone go get the water from the well, which is right down the street. You know, she loves having this help. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. And the the family's back together now. It almost seems like to me that what you're doing is making connections, making connections, getting families back together. Because you you can throw money at a problem, throw money at a problem, throw money at a problem. And until there's actually a solution to achieve— it's not going to do any good. I, you know, I just thought of that. Oh, you're just connecting things. You're, you're recognizing what the problems are. So education here, this here, the government can pay this and putting it together. It's almost like nobody talks. Yeah. Nobody communicates. So everyone's trying to figure out their own little solution and you're just putting it together and making it yeah, work. A lot, of, a lot of this job sounds like project management, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and talk about making a connection, the spiritually hungry, mm-hmm. connecting them with the nutritionally hungry, yes. that connection, the people that are wanting to make a difference and 
you know, with the people that need someone to make a difference in their life, that connection is a powerful one as well. I love that connection. Oh, yeah. And it was interesting to me when you said the grandma wasn't even asked. Never. To take the kids. And so it was a simple, well, grandma's right there. Why did no one make the connection? Well, guess what? I'm going to go in there and make the connection. And you've changed the lives of four people right there. The girls and the grandma. Yeah. Just by making a connection. And offering support. I I would imagine that the grandma was glad to have kind of you all as a backup because taking on three kids could be a little daunting. I know I took on seven. Um, (laughs) I birthed them all, but it's still very daunting. Um, But to have that support for the grandma, God, that's just, it makes sense. It makes sense. Thanks. And you know, it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. I don't have to continue to stay with her. I mean, what what, we find that the average breakdown, it happens within six months. If there's going to be a breakdown in that family, it's going to happen within the first six months. Very much like a relationship, right? If you can make it past that six month mark. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Honeymoon is over. Honeymoon phase is over. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So that pivot, when you realize that it wasn't just going to be about helping kids stay in the orphanages and making their lives easier in the orphanages, but it pivoted to returning them to families, where did that change? Because it seems like probably there was a lot of resistance and, and angry board members because, well, wait a minute. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. Yeah. Well, they're in an orphanage for a reason. Their family gave them up. They're not reliable or whatever. Um, I love the question, Mary, because it was an absolute miracle. When we started hearing from the children, we started looking for other organizations um, in our space, and we found other organizations that had already picked up on that and knew how to do it. And so we started working with other nonprofits that were working in Rwanda or a lot of people in Eastern Europe, Romania. They've been kind of on this for a while. You know, America deinstitutionalized in the 60s. So when we started talking about deinstitutionalization in India, we went to other countries to get some support. And so there's something called the Convention on the Rights of the Child. It was written um, by the United Nations in 1989, and 183 countries agreed that all children on all continents have the same fundamental rights. They have the right to education and health care. They have the right to live in conditions of dignity and freedom. They have the right to participate and be heard Um, on decisions that affect them. They have the right to development. They have the right to be protected from abuse and neglect. And so there's these 141 rights that children have. And so collectively, 156 organizations got together and we petitioned the United Nations and said, we need you to add that children have the right to live with their families. And that happened. 193 countries agreed that children have the right to live with their families. And so we started with the policy and now we're down to the implementation. Wow. And so partnering with a bunch of different nonprofit organizations got us to where we wanted to be. Again, project management. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Making connections. Yeah. Actually, we took the same strategy as a company called Proteus, Proteus Strategy, which is the strategy they use to get gay marriage on the books in the United States. Oh, wow. Same strategy. So, you you know, we're stealing all the time. Yeah. Yes. So uh, you know, that Proteus strategy was out there where they got all the nonprofits together that were working with, you know, to get gay marriage on the books. Mm-hmm. And they all came together and they shared marketing, they shared resources, they shared policy, and they shared funding. And so we did that very same model and were able to get policy in place. That's so cool. How about that? Yeah. 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 You know, you can take a good thing yes. and you can parlay <laughs> it into another good thing. Yes. So I love the aspect of pivoting because, you know, I find in my own life when I feel like I'm on the right path, 
and my inner instinct is sort of confirming that, that I follow where the doors open. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and it just sort of falls into place when it seems like you're on the right trajectory. And so, yeah, if a door closed because, you know, it wasn't the right path and people got offended or whatever, then when the door opens, you find people to bring into your cause who are going to support that. I, I just think it's amazing that all that sort of fell into place because obviously you grew this from, you know, a drunken margarita night. <laughs> and look what's happened, you know? Uh, I just think it's an amazing story. Thanks. So good for you. It's been a great journey. It's been a great journey. And we're not we're not there, but uh, those 156 organizations and Miracle Foundation have agreed that we want a family for every child by 2040, that that's really, truly the goal. Wow. It's awesome. That is awesome. So yeah, I was going to say, so what is on the horizon for a Miracle Foundation? Our strategy is set for the next few years. So we'll continue to reunite children um, with their families and not just in India, but training other countries on how to do it. And then um, building out our app. So we've got the app in Texas and we need to get the app in the other states. So we're going to keep moving on that. And then the name of the game is prevention because we can save children that are drowning in the river all day long. But until we actually go prevent them from ever getting thrown off the bridge in the first place, we're just going to be spinning our wheels. So that that prevention work is is really, truly the name of the game. Yeah, got it. Okay, so speaking of pivoting, let's pivot to how can people get involved? Yeah, so that's awesome. So there's three things you can really, truly do. The first one is called, is called Heartbeat Contributors. So I don't care what nonprofit you're supporting. If you can support that nonprofit on a monthly basis, it will change the game for them and for you. If we thought about our health the way we think about our philanthropy, we would all be dead. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> so it really, truly helps nonprofits if you can donate monthly because we know how to budget against it. You know, that was the big thing about corporate world of nonprofits. Like, how am I supposed to budget when I have no idea how much is coming in? So that monthly commitment from people is so super powerful. Mm. The second thing is building awareness. So if you want to follow us on Facebook and share our social media, that is so, again, really, really powerful. And the third one is like you were saying, Shelly, connections. Mm -hmm. So if you know someone that we should be meeting with, if you know somebody that does a podcast, if you know someone that has a family foundation, we would just really love to meet with anybody. So those are the three things that I can say that people can do right now, right today. And then I want to stress the sense of urgency. Childhood is a very fleeting thing. And we owe it to them to get to them as soon as possible and keep our foot firmly on the gas and not do it tomorrow and not wait till next week or wait till Christmas comes around for us to take care of these children. They need it today and deserve it today. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So you would direct people maybe to your website and is there a place they can start contributing right from your website? Yeah, absolutely. It's called miraclefoundation.org. And I'm asking you to be a heartbeat contributor. That means someone who gives every single month. It keeps us alive. It keeps the lights on. It keeps us being able to say yes to, to children and families. We know exactly how many kids we can reunite with their families when people donate monthly. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Miracle Foundation. And then if you know somebody that we should connect with to be able to build awareness and, and get our name for Money, minutes, or a megaphone. Those are the three things we always need. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's uh, the difference between the Heartbeat Contributor and the Miracle Village or the Legacy Partner? Oh, thanks. Heartbeat Contributor is monthly. 
the villager is you're committing to a number of children. It costs us about $1,260 to get Priya and her sisters back home. That's what it cost us to get her back home. So you're committing to reuniting a certain number of children a year for five years. Okay. And then what was the other one? Legacy? Legacy partner. Yeah. Yeah. Legacy partners like like six figure partners. And we do have, we do have some of those and those are awesome. And they're the people that they'll put us in their will. They'll make a huge commitment every year. So that's, that's really powerful. That's yeah. amazing. Good for them. Yeah. That's fantastic. I I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And people that, you know, people, they say this one person I was talking to the other day and they said, he said, you know, I think my money is going to do more for them than it's ever going to do for me. There's not one thing I can buy that it's going to do as much for me as it would for them. And then he said, then he said, you know what? I actually then have to, I'm going to take a step back and say, is this really my money? Because I had parents and I had a road to get to school and I had a car and I had electricity and I had internet and I had running water and they don't have any of those things. Mm, yeah. 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 So maybe this is my way of, of sharing what I've got with other people. Isn't that a beautiful sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, let's say one of our listeners wanted to become a heartbeat contributor, but maybe they only have five bucks a month to contribute. Is that too little an amount? No such thing as too little of an amount. And, you know, I do ask people to to think about, it says who you are when you donate. So who, who do you want to be? Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Because, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are coming out of uh, religious trauma and sometimes abusive situations. Oh, no. And sometimes, you know, people don't have a huge amount of funds. Absolutely. Especially women who are now leaving a high demand religion and maybe divorcing and they don't have a formal education, let's say, or career aspirations. So things may be a little tight for people in that situation. So just the idea that, you know, give what you can and it's not too little. Yeah. If you can. And you know. Exactly. You know if you can. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know if you can or not. Yeah. You want it to make you better. You don't want it to make you worse. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Caroline, what have we missed? I don't think we've missed anything. I think this was awesome. Y'all were led me down a path. It was great. (laughs) We do that. We are. We do lead people down paths. Yeah. So sometimes it's not the path you're expecting. That's true. I think we stayed pretty well on task here. I think we did. I think so. I think we did great. (laughs) Okay. Well, You know, our guest has been Caroline Boudreau of the Miracle Foundation. If you want to get involved, it's all right here on the website, miraclefoundation.org. Again, any amount is appreciated and and amazing. So please do what you can. There you go. Thanks, y'all. You'll be glad you did. Yes. Caroline, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This is amazing. Thanks for having me. Really, y'all are are a a barrel of laughs. (laughs) That's true. Loved it. Y'all are. (laughs) Thank you. Well, and you know what? I will be in touch uh, later. I might have an idea or two of other podcasts you could be part of if you're if you're. Interested. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was, yeah, definitely. Okay, we do know a few people, so yeah, yeah. Well, get the get the word out. Yeah, that's one of the three things. And you're an easy interview, which is great. We didn't have to, you know, pull teeth or or you know pause and say you need to say exactly this, Caroline. Wow, like you're, you're that's easy. never happened, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> not, but it not even once. But not it even didn't. one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terry Gross, she's not. 
<laughs> Just kidding. I don't, NPR, I don't even NPR know who that reference. is. So. I know. Oh my god, that Saturday, that Saturday Night Live skit. Oh yeah. Oh my god, hilarious. Good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, neat. Neat. Yeah, it was way better. Yeah, neat. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty balls. There you go. Sweaty balls. So I know we kind of look like them right now, <laughs> sitting here with our headphones on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, thank you both so much. Oh, thank you. This was amazing. So, Shelly, that was fun. I had a great time. I know. The dogs had a good time. Ooh, all three of them. (laughs) There's three dogs over here right now. Yeah, we're dog watching right now. Yeah. We're Scout. Yeah. The deep voiced one, that's Scout. (laughs) Should I should I yell at them? Oh, unless you want this to continue, sure. Hey guys, there's nothing out there. Oh, hi, Eddie. Domino. Domino just barks at anything. Seriously. Okay. Okay, they've been separated. And now, yeah, (laughs) we are uh, recording this over Thanksgiving break. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. We're just going to let the dogs be dogs for this ending of this episode. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. And when oh, we come yeah. back, we're going to do patron names. What did we decide to do? Things we're thankful for? Yes. Like, because it is Thanksgiving weekend. Muzzles? Yep. Does someone have an M last name? No. <laughs> I can muzzle these dogs. Uh-huh. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Okay. We're back with patron and super cast names today. Mm-hmm. What's your first one? What are you thankful for? Or am I answering this? uh, I don't know. Whatever we're fucking thankful for. Here's the problem. (laughs) Two of these people did not give us last initials. Oh. The other two have the same initials. Okay. And then there's one that's different. I guess it's not actually a problem. I just was (laughs) analyzing the list. Okay. We've got a big problem here. (laughs) Problem. Stop the presses. (laughs) Some shit's going down in the the studio today. (laughs) In the OK Corral. Isn't that it? Shoot out in the OK. Sure. Sure. Sure it is, Shelly. Moving on. Everyone everyone nod and say. Thank you. Nod your head and say yes. Yeah, there's a shootout in the OK Corral. There's some... Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Are, okay. you th- are you now a thousand? You're now a thousand. With your shootout yeah. in the OK Corral and the Oakley. <laughs> ching ching <laughs> I don't know. Those are my guys. Mary's my ching ching Those are my six shooters. <laughs> if your six-shooter goes ka-ching, ka-ching, there's something wrong. Then I've walked into a casino. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry's Lobster Broil oh, Fest or yeah. whatever it's called. Larry's, lucky Larry's Lobster Mania. Yeah, you're going to Vegas soon. I yeah. think you should throw a dollar in there for me. Yeah, Mary was having a conversation with a couple of my older children and telling them all about Lucky Larry Lobster's... Lucky Larry's Lobster Mania. Uh, the bonus screen. Super fun. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. we digress. Patron number one, Christy <laughs> with a C, with uh-huh. no last name. So do we just go with C? I guess so. I am thankful for cats. Oh, God. Even though I can't have any because Mary claims allergies. Oh, I hate cats. <laughs> oh, my God. How can you hate them? The person? I already named the reasons I hate cats. Sorry, all the cat lovers out there. By the way, Domino uh, is on my short list as well. And he's, That's true. He's, um, can you take that bone away nope. from him? We're going to let the listeners deal. Oh, you know what? He's down here by me. Yep. He, we're not Damn grateful it, for Domino. chewing. He's chewing a bone. That's with a C. Wow. We are not thankful for chewing. Oh, are we going to name things we're not thankful for? Oh, we could do that too. So there you go, Christy chewing. We're not thankful for dog chewing, Christy. Oh my god! Hey, 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 hey! You can get this after. So just so you know, in the office where we needed to be quiet, uh huh, 
there's always like multiple bones and chewy shit under the table. Because Domino has to chew this stuff right where we are. Like on your feet. Yeah. And and right now Eddie's nose is in my mm-hmm. crotch and he's staring oh, at me. Wow. Hi, this Ed. whole thing is going downhill. Well, I just really want them fast. to have the true experience. <laughs> anyway, Christy chewing, not grateful for it. So we're doing not grateful? That's what you said. Oh, okay. Well, we can do Christy one. Christy can of- choose cats or chewing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Christy, it's on you. Christy okay. gets her own choice, which we're also thankful for choices. And also a C word. Okay, what? What else we got over there for patrons? Ariana. No last name. We need an A. Ariana. Grateful for. Um, oh, you know what? Hmm. So Christmas dinner, I made Christmas? us. Sorry. Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. I made um, the kids and myself all go in a circle and by letter of the alphabet say things you were grateful for. And I started with A, and I don't remember what I said. <laughs> well, that is not helpful. Not in the least. So I'm putting this one on you. <laughs> Ariana A. What are you grateful for that starts with A? Domino starts with a D, and I am so not grateful for that. that one right now. Assholes. Oh my gosh. Asshole now dogs. he's standing up looking at the bones that Mary retrieved. <laughs> he wants the bones so bad. Ariana, <laughs> asshole, seriously? No, 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 you get to pick. I was joking. I would never call Ariana an asshole. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with apples. Uh, they make good pie. And I like, um, I like cheddar cheese and apple slices. Okay. It's kind of a fun little snack of mine. Sorry about that, Ariana Apples. Oh, that kind of flows, though. Ariana, Ariana apples. apples. Thanks for your support. Or just the singular apple. Okay. Ariana Apple. apple. Either one. Okay. Whew. All Thank right. You. Next. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Thank you. Ariana's like, enough already. All right, Julie C. I get this one. Okay. Crossword puzzles. You're thankful for crossword puzzles? You don't know why? Why? Because I love when I come to bed and you're sitting there and you got your glasses all pushed up on your nose <laughs> and you're like in your pajamas and you got your hot tea and your water and all your little things that you need for bedtime and you're just sitting up in bed and you're working on a crossword puzzle. <laughs> and she knows all of the old lady answers. I am a nerd. You're such a nerd. <laughs> it's very cute. I do like a crossword puzzle. It's true about me. All right, Julie crossword puzzles. Thank you. For your support. That's sweet that you like that. And you're not just like, oh, God. No, I love it. Who's that old lady in my bed? Are you stopping right now to take a picture? You had to do that right this time. I had to get a picture of Domino all on his hind legs trying to see his bones that you had taken from him and putting on the table. That's funny. Did I just say had putting on I the table? I think you did. Putting on the table. <laughs> Maybe like putting on the Ritz. Maybe you should do some more crossword puzzles. <laughs> I think you might be right. At least I recognize, like, did I just say putting? I, like, it's a past tense to put. <laughs> when you're blue, you don't know where to go to. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, lovely Saturday. All right. Uh, <laughs> next is Marika C. C for? This, this is your C turn. Okay. Because I already did cat and crossword. Well, it is Thanksgiving time. Okay. Cranberries. I'm all about the the berries today, the fruits. Cranberries. You eat my cranberry sauce that I made. And I used less sugar than normal. I'll try it today. You didn't even try it? I haven't had any yet. <gasps> There's so much food. I ran out of steam. Baby, don't quit. <laughs> don't be a quitter. <laughs> There's so much food. Our fridge right now. So many leftovers. We're digging it. through it. We're doing what? Listen, <laughs> anything that's left on Sunday, I'm sending it back to Brent's house with the kids. Mm-hmm. So y'all eat this shit. 
Yeah. I mean, I would probably still eat the turkey. If no, I mean like the ones that we don't want. <laughs> like the unhealthy crap. Yeah. Yeah, because we're, we're going to try to get healthy. Try to get a little more healthy. Once again. <laughs> Up in here. Up in here. <laughs> All right. I'm going with cranberry. Take it. Marika Cranberry. Last one, Tracy L. L. It is hard for me to not go sexual on this one. Because <laughs> we did have some sexy time this morning. Oh, my God. What? We did. You were there. <laughs> I'm bleeding the vip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so things that come to my mind, Tracy, are lips. Oh. Labia. Oh, God. Lusciousness. Lovely. Jesus. I'm just let you pick. This got real racy suddenly. I'm, I'm, I'm all here with my cranberries and my apples. <laughs> and I'm like, labia. <laughs> and you're like, labia. Jeez. <laughs> just went for it. I sure did. So I don't huh. know. Tracy, you pick lips, labia, luscious. Uh, luscious. I like luscious. 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 Okay. Tracy Lusciousness. Sounds like like a like a rapper name. <laughs> Kinda. Uh Tracy Luscious. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy Luscious. There you go. That's a great name. I like it. I think it. our next dog, Tracy Luscious. You think? Sure. Okay. Uh that's all you got? That's five. What do you mean that's all I got? Well, that's five. I've got, exactly five. I've got exactly five Supercast no members shit. today. Are we still doing uh, Grateful? Yeah. Grateful words? All right, let's do it. Kaylee Y. Yams. Should we just oh, continue shit. this yeah, food I was, thing? I was going with yarn, and I wasn't <laughs> sure. I couldn't find a reason to be grateful for yarn. Um, yams. yams. Yams it is. Yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't have any of your sweet potato casserole either. There's still some. And oh, I know. still time. Okay. There's a lot. You were going to bring some over to the... The Mormon, the Mormon neighbors. neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got around to it yet. Because okay. their kids hadn't had sweet potato casserole, I guess, because... Well, here's the problem. She doesn't like it. Their mom is a nutritionist. Oh, she is? So I love to, like, talk about unhealthy foods in front of the kids, and they start <laughs> drooling. And then the mom is like, really? This is oh, no. <laughs> You're not going to be allowed over. Nah, she, she knows I'm joking around. And by the way, her kids adore me. Like, every time I come by, they're smiling just to know, like, what is it that I'm going to say? What crazy thing am I going to say... What sugary treat is she going to promise us again today? Yeah. It was uh, Frankenberry cereal last, um, chocolate. It was so, gone through a few. Wow, they probably don't get any of that sugary stuff. Well, they're not super strict, but I know they just don't have that shit lying around like we do. You know, I'd be okay with that. Damn it. I know. I'm not know. into the, all the sugary stuff, too. Okay, should we move on yep. to Rachel C? Another C? Another C. Not cats again. No. Nope. Please. Rachel. I've got one. Okay. Rachel curling and curling. not the Olympic event, but like curling up, curling up with your loved one and <laughs> under a blanket and just snuggling. But I'm thinking labia sounded really good about now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you got curling. Curling. <laughs> but if you want to get together with Tracy Labia, whatever. You can we curl love, up. We love to make couples on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for your support. Cassandra R. You know, this is a little weird. Why? But I'm going to go with rom-com. I thought you were going to say ramen. I was going to be all about that. <laughs> I would go with rom-com. Yeah. I don't know if the movie we watched last night or finished up last night counts because it's more of an action movie. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a comedy. There was definitely that romantic thing at the end mm-hmm. where the bad guys get together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that called again? Something red. Might just be called red. No. The red? No, it's like Red Notice or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red that Notice. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway. Super cheesy movie. So cheesy. Funny parts, but it's just so cheesy. <laughs> like, don't go in there thinking you're going to get your socks wowed off. Is that a thing? 
socks wowed off? Get your socks wowed off by some like amazing, <laughs> you know, deep plot. And it's if not- anyone would like to send Shelly some crossword puzzles for, for <laughs> the holiday season, we'll give you our snail mail address. Oh my God. <laughs> Mary's picking on me. After that hot sex this morning. Come on, Mary. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. What's I don't your know. favorite romantic comedy? Does Princess Bride count? No. That's not a romantic comedy? They get together in the end. Okay, yes. And it's a comedy. Oh, oh, what does yes. it need to be well, I don't, to count? I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I think that's my favorite one. Okay. Well, partially because I've had a crush on Robin Wright ever since. She's pretty hot. She is pretty hot. She, by the way, gets hotter every year. Oh, yeah. She's aging amazingly. I can't wait till she's like 96. <laughs> wow, yeah, You're going to want to tap that at that point, aren't you? <laughs> Wheel yourself over here, honey. Oh, my God. Mary just said she wanted me to tap 97-year-old Robin Wright. I thought she was 96. Oh, 96. I was going to wait a year until she fully matures like a fine wine. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Hannah. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> sorry if you're listening. You're not mm. listening, but sorry. Uh, Hannah M. M. <laughs> Muffs. Jesus. Not, yeah. I was going to say earmuffs. Uh, right. <laughs> Actually, muffins. I love muffins. You do. Blueberry muffin. Like bran muffin. Give me a bran muffin with a bunch of butter. I like a muffin top. Got that. <laughs> Check. Check. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah Muffin, thank you for oh, your you. support. Hannah Muffin, it sounds like it should be on like Nickelodeon. Hannah <laughs> Muffin. Hannah Muffin and Pals. That's <laughs> <laughs> your new kid show. Congratulations. Thanks. We Thanks. just greenlit that for you. Thank you. Yeah, start you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're starting our own time. network. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. And the last one, Austin A. We know Austin. We do know Austin. Austin's sort of famous Austin. in our group. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. What's a good A name for Austin? Wait, how about um, abilities? Like we're thankful for our various abilities. I was more thinking like alpacas. <laughs> <laughs> how about the abilities of alpacas? <laughs> to make sweaters? Yeah, but they also are very sweet and kind. And they don't are spit. They? It's the llamas that spit. Oh. Do they make good house pets? Can you get them through a doggy door? These are my questions. Uh, little. It depends on the doggy door size. <laughs> Wait, do alpacas spit? They might a little bit. I don't know anything about alpacas. Regardless, Austin. Alpaca. Alpaca. <laughs> we are grateful for you and for alpacas. There you go. Okay, there's your Phew. weird gratitude list, everybody. Put a sticker on it and ship it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for your support. Appreciate mm-hmm. that so much. Yeah. No, honestly, for real. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm being for real. Our actual thankfulness is we're thankful for y'all. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what the Y one should have been, not yarn or whatever it ended up being. <laughs> y'all. For y'all, you all. thankful for you alls. <laughs> Shit. We are. We yeah. are very thankful. Uh, if you would like to offer us support, don't forget uh, the $5 and above level bonus episodes and ad-free episodes. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, Austin could have been awesome. Damn it. Let's just wrap this up. Okay, head to latterdaylesbian.org slash support if you're interested in, you know, throwing a little green our way. Throw it. I'll Appreciate catch it. Appreciate that. <laughs> Shelly's going to catch that right into her pocket. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that Catch so that pay bills, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, the newsletter uh, recently sent out our first edition. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get a chance to grab a copy of that, I'm going to put it on the website. Okay. It's probably going to just be at latterdaylesbian.org slash newsletter. That's what I'm thinking. 
that seems to make yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going to work on figuring out how to how to get that up there. Or you can send me your email address and you'll you'll get on the next one for sure. Just go to latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. You got this. Is that what it is? Latterdaylesbian.org. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it is. Is that it? I think that's okay, what it is. Well, latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. You go. And you can sign up. There's a prompt for signing up for the newsletter. I like it. Okay. Uh, I think we're also, wrapped up. Also, wait. I want oh, to talk no. about the Christmas letter. Oh, the Christmas letter. What level gets the Christmas letter? It's $4 and above. So, Shelly, as you might remember, we eliminated that $4 tier. Mm. Like, you can't sign up for it anymore, but it exists. Oh. Like, if you had already signed up at the $4 level. Gotcha. That's cool. We're going to honor that, and mm-hmm. you're going to get a damn Christmas letter. Yes. Yes, you are. But technically, nobody signs up for the $4 level anymore. That's true. You yeah. know what? Can I put out a, a, a Christmas request Sure. For you to give to us, you as in listeners. Listeners, okay. If you're at some weird random level that's under five, uh-huh. like four, <laughs> or if you made your own $3 level, for ease for us, just for us, would you mind bumping up to five? Just so we have it clear in our Patreon. We're trying to revamp Patreon. If well, you don't want to, that's fine too. You will still get all your shit. I'm just saying, if you feel... Like you have if the a, spirit moves you. If the spirit moves you. <laughs> to bump would, up to five. Yes, we would appreciate. And honestly, this just came to my head. This is not me trying to well, get an extra buck out of If they do, they get Scandal Sessions episodes. I mean, honestly, I don't know why anyone's four, three, two, or one. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. But whatever. Yeah, you do you. You do you. <laughs> we appreciate it. some good shit, but we do appreciate it. My point is $5 gets you everything. So there. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, Thanks, everybody. Appreciate that. (laughs) And thank you, Dan, from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Appreciate Dan a lot, Mm -hmm, especially when I've been struggling with audio on Scandal Sessions. I was like, you know what? I was trying to do this myself. Audio's hard. Yeah. You're a super good editor, but there's something about Dan's audio. Yeah. Can we give Dan a a round of applause, please? Dan, thank you. Slow clap for Dan. Dan. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you got your hard limiters, your compressing stuff. Don't even know what you said. I'll compress you, baby. (laughs) We should probably wrap Wrap this this up. up. Yeah, we probably should save that for scandal Uh sessions. Too late now. Okay. Uh, You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Steer clear of cults. Steer clear of those cults, because that's weird and no joke. Uh Uh-huh, no joke at all. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye.